0: right now that time 8 15 you're tuned into the action line this monday morning and today is the fourth of january and with us in studio this morning from shackless photography uh, local historian gloria christie and also county commissioner and historian pettis reed both on air with us this morning and both of you have a lot of old stories that are pretty interesting to tell uh, Gloria, that doesn't mean you're old. That- well,
1: I was just about to say, wait just a minute here. Is this why we're here? Come on. We need a disclaimer. We're, we may be old, but we're young at heart, right? Right, Petas
2: Well, it depends which morning you get up. I mean, you know. Uh, no, uh, we, we have a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, history that uh, we've lived.
1: Yeah, that we absolutely. That we
2: know from uh, past experience when you... Uh, Consider the Shacklett family and what they have done here in Rutherford County and been a part of Rutherford County for so long. And then you look back, uh, my family's been here since 1802. Mm -hmm. They unhitched their wagon out here at Versailles back in 1802. I've often wondered, I said, why did they just stop right here? And I figured it out the other day is due to the fact is where they unhitched their wagon is now where Champion Runs Golf Course is, and they just got there too early.
0: (laughs) And uh,
2: they they got there before all the action happened. They decided just to farm there.
0: Now, Gloria, you were talking off the air about finding a tunnel at some point near oakland's mansion which is a story that you know y- you hear rumors of but
1: right and you know we we want uh bill might want to call in on this one a little bit later but when we were children i guess it was 1959 be- this was before oaklands had done the re- renovations There was it was a dilapidated old house we were fascinated by that well, it's it at ab-
0: vacant for years it's at right?
1: vacant and then I just remember dad taking us over there one Sunday afternoon and he we were just standing there looking at this just creepy old house of course I liked creepy old houses then anyway (laughs) and I said daddy would say you know they're going to fix it up they're going to renovate it it's going to look beautiful and I just couldn't imagine the potential we walked into the the core uh the the I guess the vestibule there, and and we saw the the bathtub at, that had been slung over the balcony. I mean the the staircase there. Do you remember that Pettis that that old bathtub that sat there for I, years and I remember and that years. old house
2: because uh, you know we used to go out there to the swimming pool. Oh yeah, that was located out there. Yeah. And, in fact, our family would come into Murfreesboro like some Sundays to have picnics.
1: Uh, yeah, on the ground so
2: we could so we could actually swim. Uh, in that cement pond that you had there but uh <laughs> the yeah pond. yeah but i remember we're the that.
1: only swimming pool really yeah, in and, town
2: uh public swimming pool but i remember the old house and all you, you thought you know why won't they tear this down it's about to yeah. fall down and yeah and look at it today
1: well and and i guess the reason that we were most interested in it of course my aunt minerva shacklet she was involved in the, the oaklands the original board members she was involved in in trying to save it and now that and of course later on skipping into the 1980s i became the education director out there and uh who would have thought that you know a 10 year old girl <laughs> would, <laughs> would, would uh, become the director of of education and, and and we and i know so much of the history of our town you, it mimics the and that how that house grew and how it evolved is how the uh, city grew and so much it parallels the the story kind of sequentially and chronologically how our uh, community came from just a pioneer city, pioneer village really, Canonsburg village actually, and then into uh, the, uh, the prosperity that occurred in, uh, prior to the Civil War and I know that some of the things we're going to talk about this morning but You know, we have, we lived it, Pettis. We lived it and grew up here. Our families have been a part of the history of not only this community, but of Middle Tennessee. Because our family came, we were Huguenots. We came from France and actually came over from Virginia to North Carolina into Tennessee about the same time your family came. We actually settled in Cane Ridge and um then my grandfather's family uh moved to woodbury and that's how there's shacklets in nashville and shacklets in this area because they they kind of moved around a bit just like uh, so gloria um,
0: was was there a point where oakland's mansion was just overgrown with weeds yes, and trees everywhere yes,
1: mm-hmm. in fact wants. that original carriageway was just nothing but just grown up it was weeds and johnson grass and all kind of, remember there was nothing it, you it, it,
2: it, it was it was in uh, very bad repair right uh, of the way it was it was just like there are a lot of things that when people now who come to rutherford county look at it and they see it as well i guess it was always this way it, it wasn't no uh you know you take what has happened to um, our courthouse over the last year to a year and a half and the, the beauty of it that has come from there, just last evening, I was sitting down reading from John Spence's mm-hmm. book. Uh, John Spence has written the histories of, of Rutherford County all the way back to 1829. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that courthouse up there. The courthouse that you're looking at up there today but it was built in 1859, the, the new courthouse, as it was called at that time. And as I was reading it, it was the most uh, elaborate courthouse in Tennessee when it was built. And they were talking about how much it cost back at that time and people were just carried away at what the county was spending on that court they spent forty thousand dollars to build that courthouse Wow!
0: this was the newer version of it in 1859 or 1859 Mm, is
2: what they had they had to tear down the old one and built this one up brand new and what they brought in and how they built it Uh, it had two courtrooms in it and they just couldn't believe that two courtrooms for this county and uh, when they looked at it, they built that in 1859, and then 1860, the war breaks out. Hmm. And then you had all of the soldiers that stayed in that building. When the war was over, that courthouse was in total disrepair. Now, a lot of people, you never hear this discussed, but the courthouse had half a roof on it at the end of the war. It had a tin roof that was brought in here different from any other courthouses at that time to protect it Uh, when they built it. They thought this was something else. Half of that roof was torn off to build the little shanties that the soldiers slept in outside. The plaster had names carved in it or torn off, but due to rain, the whole building leaked due to soldiers walking continually on top of that building uh, in their security post. There wasn't a glass pane, pane, pane left in that courthouse after the Civil War. They were all broken out.
0: That's hard to believe. And I understand there's even places where bullets had hit the brick and you can still find them on there.
2: Well, they found one back during the the remodeling on the um, west side of it, and it was up in that area. They, They seemed to think that that bullet right there come from a Union rifle shooting back when Forrest made his raid. Uh, but uh, that's what is determined there. But you, you take a look at that building, and as I read this and what disrepair was done to that building
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: during the Civil War, and you look at it today, uh, we have we have a piece of history up there that is a treasure.
1: It really today. is. It's and, a and it's a got. miracle that it survived yeah. all of this. And you're right. It's exemplary. It's uh, it, the whole. You know. You have physical artifacts that, uh, that tell us things, even in our own families, that tell us our story and gives us per- perspective. And I think that's one of the things that whoever was, um, I guess, had a, a vision, Pettis, of saving the history of, of our courthouse, saving the history of Oakland's. And there is a reason for that, and it's for us to see all of it in perspective. And I know you talk about, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in Carlton Sims' book, he called Murfreesboro the scorched land between uh, Bristol and Memphis after the Civil War. That's what we looked like in all of our families experience that your family my family we expect uh, we all have reconstruction stories that are that are pretty they're not good and and we're trying to regroup i mean both sides had and trying to figure out how we're going to navigate and make our our way through uh and, and create a you know, it's 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 hard to believe. I think they were thinking about us. They really were thinking about us. And, and, and it's, it's interesting, I was thinking this morning when we were, before it came up here, how can us in this generation think about our children and our great grandchildren? What kind of legacy are we leaving? And uh, And are we going to use those artifacts to tell our story a little bit more clearly and more objectively? Is, what do you think, Pettis? Well,
2: you know, that, that's exactly right. You know, when you, you said we were historians in a way, uh, we are, and I think we grew up that way due to the, I had to say, the raising. Uh, <laughs> our, our people taught us to do these sort of things. For instance, uh, my uh, great-great-grandfather was the treasurer of the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church out in uh, Versailles Uh, in one of their meetings he wrote in the flyleaf of what his minutes he was taking in 1855 he wrote just out to the side right there he said it snowed 1855 he said it began snowing December the 23rd and it snowed for 40 days off and on Hm. It did. It stayed on the ground until February the 22nd. 62 days. The ground was frozen with snow and ice, and we didn't see above freezing temperatures until February the 22nd. Wow, that,
0: that's a and long period. And 1855.
2: Now you think about our uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It was 75 here. Right. But back in 1855 here in Rutherford County, it it was snow on the ground for 62 days. Now you imagine here in Rutherford County right now, we had snow for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, it rained 40 days and 40 nights one time, and you know, they had to build an (laughs) ark. Can you imagine the people here? There wouldn't be any milk, no No. toilet paper, and no bread in any stores. And you know what we did with the pandemic and what we're doing Mm -hmm. and how things disappeared. But the people back then did that. But he wrote that in that fly leaf. And when I read that, I said, wow, granddaddy. I said, I do the same thing now. I said, it's amazing. The homes that I've lived in, when I first, from all the way from the time I married to today, whenever I'd go into the attics of those homes, I'd write my name and I'd write today is so-and-so, it's doing so-and-so. I still carry in my pocket, and I'll show you right now, a little journal. Mm-hmm. I've got 40 of these things. When I started work, I started carrying them, and every day, there's the temperature, there's what today is mm-hmm. like, and everything I've done. In fact, this one right here already says I'm at WGNS this morning, I've already written this, and all day long, I will keep a journal of everything I do. Wow. And it's just in our nature to do this, and we like to do these things, and I'm, I'm vice president of the Rutherford County Historical Society. We meet every Saturday morning at the Ransom Schoolhouse, which has been totally restored. We invite people to come by. We have coffee and donuts. We sit around a table and talk about the things we're talking about right here to keep this alive. Right. So that we keep these stories and things going where it doesn't get changed. Historians like to tell the story as the truth and what it was all about. Right. Uh I'm amused at a lot of times what you read about history and things. Uh, it's sort of like war. The winner gets to tell the story and how it was done. This past uh, weekend was the 158th anniversary of the Battle of, I say Battle of Murfreesboro because I'm from the south. <laughs> uh, if you was from the north, it was Stones River. But I was out there because I had ancestors that was in Breckinridge's Charge. On uh, January the 2nd I go every year I just go out there uh, stand on that ground and look and see where they charged up that that embankment there at Stones River where 1800 of them turned out to be casualties. So this would be right around the Thompson Lane Bridge? Thompson Lane Bridge right there.
0: Where there's a uh, Greenway Trail head there.
2: Greenway (laughs) Trail right there right now Uh, there were 57 cannon from the Union Army that uh, dropped down shot down on those individuals who's coming up that hill. He uh Uncle Logue was a uh, flag standard carrier. Uh, He ended up being the eighth one because uh, that that standard was not to hit the ground. Seven before him were shot down, and he picked it up and made it to the embankment before they retreated. But what was interesting is as I walked around, there were different interpreters, and each one of them interpreted that charge differently Hmm. and the way they read it, but that happens and I thought, you know, this is sort of like what we do with football. It depends which team you're on, because if you listen to the Clemson and the Ohio State tell that game of the other night, you would have different versions of it right there. But I think it's important that we as historians continually read all the versions and make sure we are as straight and forward as we can do it. But yet we still continue to tell that story because it's important that history, a lot of it is not repeated. And I think that's the uh, what we do and way we tell history. But we also must remember that history is not forgotten.
0: Right. History yeah. is fascinating. I mean, when you're able to look and <clears throat> break down different things that occurred in the past and then today, you know, the history is still the same, but you may have a different perspective on it when you look at it today looking back, which makes it even more interesting. And that, that brings in conversation with those who are younger helps them to better understand today, really.
1: Well, and I think what you're saying, too, is it's about perspective. We all have different eyes. We all have a a, a different vision. When we're looking at something, we all can have a different interpretation. Uh, When I hear you talk about your family story, uh, on the Bates side of the Shacklet family, my grandfather married uh, Catherine Bates, and they were... Uh, actually, horse traders during the the Civil War, and they were they traded both the North and the South. So you can imagine what their life was like after this, the Civil War. They were enemies; no one liked them. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> trust them. Which, uh, when you talk about your family stories and just what that, what how that becomes a part of your, uh, your your perspective of the world, and you know, you get a I, I can imagine why maybe. Uh, my father, every, you know, my dad was a little bit more uh, in the middle, and and uh, he he had some pretty, de- you know, definitive perspective about things, but he also could look at things from a broader point of view, and I also wondered why that was, and I think it's because in his family story, he there were two stories: there was the the Southern story, there was the the. the uh, northern story and they and i think that was why he was that way I i'm not so sure the rest of his brother siblings were the same but that i wonder if that I, I don't know for sure i just i don't know but it also makes me understand why he would be receptive to getting um being attracted to a woman from southern idaho and marrying her you know and then that here we are bill and i and that that just I always said that, you know, the way that we come out of a disaster or, or like in our case right now, how are we going to move forward as a community with this pandemic and the other things that keep us, hold us back? And and are we going to leave a legacy of, like you say, Pat, it's we've got to say the truth, but we also have to recognize each other's differences and begin to articulate that in a and a positive message going forward. And I think that's part of the uh, of a responsibility as a, I don't know if we're historians, Pettis, I think we're just kind of marking on the cave, you know?
0: <laughs> we're,
1: we're, leaving our, we're leaving our our, our little, uh, what is it, uh, hieroglyphics on the wall.
2: <laughs> you're, you're probably right there in, in what we're saying there, but we get classified as, you know, when somebody calls me and said, do you know what happened on certain, certain date, <laughs> whatever? <laughs> I said, "You calling me because I'm old, and, uh, and <laughs> yes, I remember right. these things and what happens there." But, but said, you know, I was very fortunate that I was born young into an older family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my, my brother was eight years older than I was, and my sister was six. So I've often been told in my family, "You were a surprise." Yeah. And uh, but my, I had all my grandparents on both sides, and I, you know, when uh, people have talked about the columns and the writings that I had done they said uh, we're amazed at how you write there I said well you gotta understand that when the other children were outside playing I was sitting inside listening to the old folks talk exactly and Mm -hmm. uh, I found that very interesting and and what I learned about the Civil War was from a grandmother whose grandmother was still alive Mm -hmm. and uh, come from that era and I Mm -hmm. would sit on the back porch with her uh, in the summertime breaking beans and she would tell all these stories about what really happened around our farm Mm -hmm. and where we are. And Mm -hmm. (coughs) I can pass this down to to the generations and what we saw there. But I also live in an area, you know, when people think of Rutherford County, they think everybody come in here and settle this or whatever. You've got to remember that that, uh, where Rutherford County and where it's located in middle Tennessee, we're sitting in a very fertile valley that uh the native americans used as a hunting ground that's right they didn't necessarily live here this was a really a place that they come to hunt Mm -hmm. and and live uh when when most of the settling began here the uh hoston treaty had already been signed in 1791 but yet there were still a lot of the native americans in fact i know we're on radio you can't see this but i brought this scott just so you could get an understanding these are all picked up at my farm.
0: Arrowheads. Right. Uh, Arrowheads and
2: spearheads, but they're all sizes, but if you'll notice, they're different colors. Yeah. A lot of these are from stones that are not found on my farm. And, in fact, if you'll look at this one right here, that stone is nowhere found on my farm. It, it's white. It's white. So it's brought here from somewhere else. So they were all traveling through. Uh, we had a lot of the Chickasaw, Shawnee, mm-hmm. and uh The Uke were in here quite a bit. Where I live is in Versailles. Uh, A lot of people call it Versailles, but it was Versailles. Uh, So give us an idea first where that that area is. is, It's west of here. It's about 15 miles west of Murfreesboro. Uh, The first settlements in there, uh, well, actually, it was French uh, settlements from Canada that come in here and establish trading posts because of these uh, Native Americans. They were trading with them, and uh, they had a rock trading post in Versailles where if you go to Versailles today um, off of 269, where 269 and Versailles Road crosses, there's an old country store there right now.
0: Which looks like it's been redone, right?
2: It's been totally redone, and the fried tater is there now. Uh, Nice little restaurant there. You can go there and, and eat, but that is where that trading post was established there's always been some type of store or trading post located in that spot and was uh, set there by french traders but that's where the indians would come and trade and it's always been there so you've got to remember they were here as as a hunting grounds and a fertile hunting grounds not where they lived so when our individuals come here and settled here Mm -hmm. uh, they also dealt with these individuals too and so so this spot that we're in uh i like to call it god's country that's it what is. that's what i think mm-hmm. about it i still have a farm out there and i pick up these remnants from these early settlers that was here i call them settlers too because they were here and uh and i you know i i guess that's i don't know about you gloria but when i pick one of these up and find that i think you know hey i'm the first person to hold one of these right since this individual either shot it or lost it or made it and uh it's just simply amazing i, I was telling your father the other day when he called me i said i have a great story from that little area out there Versailles of the disappearing cavalry unit and
0: yeah i want to get to that Let, let's take a quick break here but I, he told me a little bit about that story yeah. and it sounded pretty fascinating yeah but with us this morning, we have Gloria Christie and also Pettis Reed, and we're talking about history of Rutherford County. And really, it when you say history of Rutherford County, it involves a whole lot of other areas too, because like you were saying, Indians would come here from mm-hmm. outside this area, right. uh, and they brought with them their history, leaving traces of it behind. So it is... Pretty interesting when you try to look at one piece mm-hmm. of history and then you suddenly realize, well, this involves a whole lot more than just Absolutely. one piece of history. Yeah. Right now that time, 8.39, yeah. we're going to take a short Peace break, going to check on the weather first, and we will be right back. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the mid-50s. Winds out of the southwest of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, alone near 36. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Voichitski on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's
1: 29.
2: This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So
0: you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready, we will bring it out to your car, and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at demasrestaurants.com.
1: Here at Animal City, we can help you enjoy the therapeutic effects of your beautiful aquarium, whether at the home or at your office. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family. Here at Animal City, we have everything that you need to spruce up your old tank or set up a beautiful new one. We have the supplies and expertise to help you be successful, whether you wanna do freshwater or saltwater. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro.
0: Good morning. traffic's still looking pretty decent right now as we check it out live here on 24 uh, into uh, Coffee County, coming out of Coffee County, rather, into uh, Davidson County. Traffic still not too bad, 840. Watch your speed. We've seen them out here running radar earlier in sections of 840. Check out the Andre Chicken Sandwich now available at Princess Hot Chicken, 5814 Nolensville Pike. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Old friends, a new name, better together
2: The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 1 to 4. W-G-N-S,
0: your
1: good neighbor station.
2: Rutherford
0: County's place to talk. Holden Hardware is now carrying American-made cast iron cookware. This type of cookware has been handed down through generations of families. Many of us have fond memories of watching our mothers and grandmothers use cast iron pans to cook cornbread or a cast iron skillet to fry country ham or chicken. People use cast-iron Dutch ovens to cook cobblers. This is Raleigh Holden, Jr. Come by Holden Hardware and see our selection of American-made cast-iron cookware. Come downtown to Holden Hardware and get your cast-iron cookware. The
2: Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk.
0: Right now that time, 842, you're tuned to WGNS and and historians Gloria Christie and Pettis Reed both on air with us in studio this morning and before the break. Pettis, you were talking about troops that disappeared, which sounds really hard to believe. So what what is this story?
2: You know, uh, this is uh, quite an interesting story. You know, uh, I call it the disappearing cavalry unit. Uh, you know, you go back to World War II, you had... Uh, planes that disappeared out of the sky and they went through the Bermuda Triangle or whatever maybe we've got that out of Versailles. but (laughs) but uh, what it was I just run across this accidentally Uh, if if you read the records uh, dating back to the Civil War um, there is a I guess I call it the Civil War Encyclopedia and it's called uh, it was put together, Congress had after the Civil War had the all the records put together the written copy records of the Union Army and the Confederate Army—all the records that all the everything was written down—and put into one big, huge volume. And it was actually the records of the War of the Rebellion, is what they called it. I don't think it was written by Southern writers. So uh, that, that's what it was called. The first time I ran across this. Uh, this uh, set i run across it in rugby tennessee of all places the rugby rugby library up mm-hmm. there but that's where i found it i just happened to stop there and i and uh, i worked that area at one time for farm bureau and uh, it got where every time i drive through <laughs> rugby i stopped by that library sit <laughs> and and down there and read read through this but um, just recently i was going through that on the internet and i found Versailles in there and i found this happening there But it had been reported that in the small community of Middleton, and that's what Midland used to be called. And Midland's name, the reason it's no longer called Middleton, is due to the fact that there was a Middleton somewhere else when they were setting up post offices, and they changed that to Midland out there. But it was uh, reported here in Murfreesboro to the uh, union leaders or captains and whatever, that there was a large delegation of uh, Confederate cavalry out in Middleton, and they needed to go out there and check that out. Well, they sent a large delegation of cavalry out to Middleton to look for this cavalry unit. When they get out there, they found nothing. But the people in Middleton said, no, they're not here, but I believe they're over towards Versailles. I think that's where they're at so the cavalry rides over towards Versailles they can't find them in the village of Versailles and Versailles was a village at that time because there were several houses and the store located there they ride out uh, back towards Murfreesboro and they run into about 200 cavalry of the confederate army they immediately start an engagement with them and the confederate cavalry start off down the Um, Old Columbia Road headed back towards Versailles and they engage chasing them and they chase them towards Versailles and when they get to Versailles those 200 cavalry just disappear they're gone Hmm. they begin looking down all the roads they send scouts all the way to Iggleville trying to find them they can't find them they come back and none of the roads show any signs of 200 horsemen going down any roads, paths or whatever. Can't find them. Can't find the hoof prints. Can't find tracks. Can't find broken branches. Can't find anything. And, of course, they asked the people around Versailles, have you seen 200 cavalry here? And, of course, the answer was, well, we ain't seen any cavalry here since y'all have come here. And they couldn't find them.
0: And this is an area, Versailles to Midland, or, or what you called it, it was called what now in the, in the older days? Middleton. Middleton. About, what, eight miles from each other? Uh, approximately, yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. But but they were gone. Yeah. They were gone.
2: Well, when you tell that story around, around the people who were born and raised around there, like I was and whatever, we look at each other and say, we know where they went. On the Versailles knob, there is a natural... Uh, rock formation up there which we have always called and it has the name indian Fort. and basically what it is it's a cut in the side of the Versailles knob up there made out of rock it's a large opening area right there that we would almost put money as i've talked to others out there is that they knew where this was and this cavalry unit just basically went up there and they disappeared the only way you can see this cut you have to go up there and see it because you can't look and see it, you can't see it any other way, and the Union cavalry didn't know where it was. So there was all kinds of places to hide around there, and they basically went in there, moved out, took care of their tracks and whatever, and that's how they disappeared. Uh, That's the only way we can figure they disappeared. Plus, uh, as I've gone back through the records in Versailles, I found there were a large number of those individuals out there who were cavalry uh, soldiers, Uh, towards the end of the war and towards this time period, had returned home and formed partisan rangers units. So they were in the process of protecting that area out there. The interesting thing about Versailles is none of the homes and things out there were burnt during the Civil War.
1: Hmm. They
2: all remained.
0: When you look at those areas and then you incorporate the Rockville area into all that because they're all fairly close to each other, that area is known for caves. I mean, you have the yeah, Shell Cave, but then you have is. other caves out there that are big caves.
2: There, there's large caves. In fact, my uh, great-great-grandfather, who was in the cavalry, uh, in fact, you talked about Versailles. Versailles um, uh, had a, its own uh, unit, the 28th Tennessee, formed at Versailles and marched out of there. It was an infantry unit. Uh, it was led by uh, Marion Jackson. Uh, The Jackson home is still there on the old Versailles Road. It's still located there. Captain Jackson as he was called and we all talk about Captain Jackson out there um, who formed that unit. He's buried right across the road from the old house but uh, if you look at all the names that was uh, mustered into that unit right there they're all from that area out there but you'll not find my grandfather's name because he said he said there's no way I'm walking anywhere. He took his horse, went over to Chapel Hill, and joined the cavalry unit. So he was in the cavalry. I've got his muster roll from where he signed up to, to be in the cavalry. With it shows what they allowed him for his weapon and for his horse and all of that. But uh, a lot of those individuals did did come back, and I think they formed their own cavalry unit in that area too. So they were doing that. But but he was at the Battle of Murfreesboro uh, here or in during that time he was a dispatch rider too and he was chased by the union cavalry uh, back home out back out to Versailles. and uh, family record shows that he was hidden in a cave out there.
0: there there is so much fascinating history around the civil war in rutherford county then you have williamson county and then marshall right. county bedford county i mean there's just so much activity that took place right here
2: it is it's a uh, This is an amazing place for history, Mm -hmm. and uh, not only of the Civil War, but everything else that has happened around here and and, and what we've done. It's it's a um, when you look back at the foundation of the individuals that settled here and formed Rutherford County, and uh, I look at you know where Rutherford Strong and the signs we have out there. Mm -hmm. There's more to these signs than just signs
1: it's absolutely uh
2: it's uh, when you go back and you look at the family structure and whatever it's there it's what it's what we are and what we do Mm -hmm. um you know I serve on the county commission and I can see that most definitely when we uh the things we do and the way the people stay in there and I hope this remains with this county I hope it remains uh in fact people look at Rutherford County and uh it used to be a part of the state legislature uh, at one time that says, "So goes Rutherford, so goes yes, Tennessee." Tennessee,
1: that's exactly right. And mm-hmm. I,
2: I just like for us to keep that if we can, and uh, it's important. You know, as as I as a commissioner sitting up there, I sort of feel that at times it's a very important responsibility, and I hope
0: others feel that too. And I, th- I think that's that's very important. Well, you were talking about some of the Civil War fighting. One of the areas you mentioned was. The Thompson Lane area, which is where the story is, the river turned red because of blood of so many people who were killed right there, so many soldiers who were killed right there. And it's hard to put that kind of stuff into perspective, because back then, from what I understand, the river would have been deeper and possibly wider, because you didn't have Percy Priest. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's true or not, but if that were the case, when they crossed the river during their fight, I mean, it could be you know, more than knee deep back then. I I don't know how deep it would have been, but it could have been real swimming they had to have done.
2: It would have been on winter uh, level too. You got to remember that. And at the time they were doing this, it was quite cold. Uh, On December the 31st, it was a misty, cold day, Uh, extremely cold. Somewhat like what we had uh, this year on it because I was back out there on uh, December 31st because uh, i was in the out there at the slaughter pen where that fight actually happened and all that sort of thing if you go out there and walk it at the time of these things actually happen and the weather is exactly the same you get the feeling of what you went through Mm -hmm. Um, i know you're a you're a photographer and you enjoy that things i take my can and go out there and and shoot these things and come back and you sit there on that computer and you look at it you can actually get that feel for what what they might have done in fact uh i wrote a post just recently i said it's amazing i'm sitting here looking at where all these individuals went through this struggle and i'm in the site of thompson lane and uh, saint thomas hospital where people go by thousands of people go by every day and they look over at that sage grass and they have no idea of what happened what happened
1: we've had several experiences within our business where folks i think in the 80s we had um an individual just re- remember that this couple had come to into the studio, and every year they had brought their grandfather. It was kind of a pilgrimage to to the Battle of Sons River, and she that the I guess he'd passed away or whatever. But they came into a, at the store, and they were c- uh, telling a sto- us that they this that they I can't even remember where they were from, but that was the anniversary of the battle of Sons river and they had not the grandfather had passed away and so this was in the 80s and so I'm not sure how old he was when when he passed away but he would talk to them about when he would stand at the edge of the river about the water being just choked with bodies and he would every year come and it was a solemn moment for him at the at the beginning of the new year so he would not re, forget what happened and and that he survived it so um and that these this couple was sharing that with us and i'm not sure where they were from but they um because and at the moment i just I, I didn't i didn't connect to the moment like i should have but i do remember them talking about it sharing with us their stories from their from their grandfather and it, we all we don't remember. I mean, we don't. We can't really kind of relate to that kind of tragedy, but it. And I know from the photographs that we have of the Battle of Stones River, after the during Reconstruction, it still is a desolate place. Uh, my Tom, my husband restored some several years ago, and it just the fields are not cultivated. They're not. It's like still a very somber place of. Um uh, and I still almost encapsulated the the this um I guess the the sorrow that occurred there and uh th- that's that's one of the things I think that uh, you look at the photographs like you're it's hard to to relate to that kind of experience because we you, when you're standing there and cars are rushing by, and we also had uh, an individual. Who in the 1930s would walk to the battlefield and walk back? This was a soldier that actually had participated in in the war. We had that conveyed to us in in the store once, and uh, that just it's just amazing how like you say, Scott. These these stories are real and and are a part of the very fiber of Rutherford County. It, It it. it is definitely has to be saved and cherished.
0: I think it's really hard for the younger generation to understand that there was just death after death, Absolutely. wounded after wounded, all over our community uh, mm-hmm. during the Civil War, and we're talking thousands of deaths, not just
1: twenty-three thousand. Uh, yeah, that that's a huge that number. That would be phenomenal right now if we had twenty thousand, twenty-three thousand casualties of some sort, you know, and. Uh, I was able to talk to Willie. Remember Willie at the courthouse. The, the guy he he told us about the African Americans that watched the battle from Pilot's Knob, and just could hear the. Th- I mean, you know where Pilot's Knob is. I mean, that's so a, scary though. Th- they could hear the, the 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 booming cannons all the way to from Pilot's Knob. That's that's near Woodbury.
0: It's a lot to wrap your head around. It is a you lot know, to wrap that- your head
1: around. But the other thing is, look what happened after the war. Our, our we were able to recover we were able to and look i think we're the benefactors of that today because we had some resilient people people that persevered people that saw the vision hey we're going to crawl out of this and and make make something happen here in rutherford county we,
0: we only have one minute or so left so if anybody wants to learn more about history in rutherford county or they have some pieces of the puzzle that may help I don't know solve a question that is Excellent. from the 1800s trying to figure out more about the history what what can they do
2: you know uh scott we would like to as i mentioned i said i'm vice president of the Rutherford county historical society we'd love for you to become a member uh it's it's 25 a year but you also get the newsletter you also can be a part of us we meet every month but we also are every saturday morning at ransom out there on academy Uh, We'd like for you to come by and visit with us from 9 to 12 o'clock every Saturday. Come by for coffee and donuts. You'll meet some people that talk about some of the same things you've heard here this morning. Mm -hmm. And we'd be glad to have you as a member of the Rutherford County Historical Society. We'll answer those questions for you. We have a data... Uh, bank there uh, that contains a lot of photographs, a lot of information about people within Rutherford County and a lot of these stories that we have.
0: Very interesting. Again, Gloria Christie and Pettis Reed with us this morning talking about some of the history, the Civil War history here in Rutherford County from years past. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Glad to be here. Time right now, 8.59. A quick check on the forecast comes your way next, followed by local news.